2: James Bob. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. It's Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar.
1: Hey, this is Rodman Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, you are listening
3: to Geek Vibes Live! And here we go. Welcome, Geek Vibes Nation, to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I am your host, Jawan, and I am joined by a with Dane. What's going on, Dane?
2: I'm back, I'm back. Oh, yeah, the menace is back. Don't check your back, Jack. Oh, yeah. Check out.
3: Absolutely. And as usual, there's never a way to top that. But Nick is going to give it his best shot. What's going
0: on, Nick? Trey Young. That was up, son. Trey Young, my dude, going out for 49 points last night. We did get the L, but damn, son. Uh, first rookie in the history of the league. We dropped 45-plus with 15-plus assists. Only three other players have ever done it. So we're definitely going to be talking about that uh, this Tuesday.
3: Absolutely. And I didn't, again, I started this show a lot faster, uh, mainly because of the guy that I just put on, uh, Joel. What's going on, Joel?
1: Hey, what's up, guys? going on? Fuck
3: you, Joel. Um, What what I wanted to say was, was I wanted to welcome Dane back. He uh, was not on the show last week. Um, we are super excited to have him back for a fully loaded show. There's so much to talk about.
2: Um, God, I'm s- you guys must be really happy that you got, you know, I don't know, probably a third more of your listeners back. So I apologize that I was gone, guys. Yeah, but,
3: you know. <laughs> okay, we can't, we can't do this without you, man. Uh, but we tried.
0: Um I will say I was, was going to say, say we delayed. literally did last week. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was um, I was going to say the name of the show, but Joel kind of pointed out to me last night that it was really lame. So I'm just going to get right into the the trailer uh, song. <laughs> trailer talk trailers. Um, so much, so many trailers to talk about. Let's start with uh, Detective Pikachu. Um, we knew uh, we were getting the trailer for it. I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, Really good trailer. Uh, I didn't really need it because I was sold off of the first one. Uh, Ryan Reynolds as adorable Pikachu. Uh, I was already sold from that. Uh, but this trailer, where it had you sold, was at two points. Well, sold even more. When uh, <laughs> he's in that, that cage, it looks like possibly like a underground fighting fight club or something. And he's all hyped. And then Charizard pops out. And then you see him in a ball. And he's like, Pika, Pika. I was dying laughing like that is hilarious (laughs) um and then obviously the for all intense pokemon fans the big wow moment was uh the reveal of Mewtwo that was super dope Mewtwo looks awesome I don't know who the visionaries are behind this film but um around the release of the film I want to interview them because I never thought pokemon could look this good in live action and they nailed it uh they did a really good job Mm -hmm. Mewtwo looks awesome Um, But, Nick, I'm actually going to start with you from that. Mm -hmm. Uh, What were your thoughts on the (laughs) second trailer for
0: Detective Pikachu? Dude, it's fucking awesome. Like, I mean, Ryan Reynolds was the perfect pick uh, for this kind of voiceover work. Like, um, just his comedy, comedic timing and just the – like, his voice is just, like, perfect. Um, I mean, it has everything – all, all positive things written all over both of these trailers um his like the the scene that got me was like his his like pacing back and forth like trying to like prove that he's like some kind of good detective and he keeps like hitting what's his name in the face with the side of his tail every time he turns around like just little like elements like that like I'm like, okay, like this is gonna be a pretty funny movie. Um, and it seems like they're putting <clears throat> kind of like the smaller comedic elements in the trailers, so you don't like get any of the big laughs ruined, um, which is you know kudos on that. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> also they they've already um, they've already turned the the Pikachu uh, thing into a meme when he's in the cage. And Dan, you'll probably appreciate this. It's the uh, the like let me in. Uh, thing, and then it's like, get me out of here, um, and it's uh, basically says underneath, like, uh, my cat every time he's in my room. Um, so, oh, like, my God. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, so yeah, like, the bitch that's right always now. a good sign when when it's been less than, like, 48 hours, and they've already, like, turned it into a meme. Um, but, yeah, like, overall, I just, I think it looks great. Um, I, I mean, everything that I've seen from it looks amazing, and like you, John, like, I was especially like skeptical when they re- released that very first, uh, image, I think of Pikachu. Um, I, at least I think it was Pikachu and jo- or Joelle or Joel, I think you actually were the one who like shared it on the page and I was just mm-hmm. like, Ooh, I don't know about that, dude. Like that looks kind of weird. Um, and then like right when you saw the first trailer, you were like, Oh damn, like, no, this actually looks really fucking good. Like, um, and they've just, like the more of these pokemon that you see the more you're just like yeah like they all look really fucking legit um and and it is uh it's a testament to the the creative minds behind it to be able to create a world in which these like um cartoon characters uh can exist with live action uh you know people basically um and and it all seems to fit you know like nothing seems to be really off about it um so yeah like kudos to them i i would uh very much like to uh hear uh an interview uh with you and, and the guys uh you know who've created this because that's some that's some very skilled work right there
3: absolutely i mean obviously i can't speak to the the, the movie because obviously it's not out yet but visually it looks like it bro- it's breaking the mold um, in the yeah. sense of visually not getting video game or cartoon uh, live adaptations uh, accurate. Um, and just the sense of it, like it feels like a Pokemon game. Like it feels, it feels like I'm back, obviously not in the animated cartoon, but it just feels like the world of Pokemon. Where as you see the main character walking down the street, there's like Pokemon everywhere. Like it's not just the idea of like, oh, they're here and there, like they're scattered. No, they're everywhere. They walk amongst you. Um Among you, rather sorry um so i just I, I I love the the look of it, and like I said visually it's, it's wow um dane i I want to go to you um what were your thoughts on the second trailer and what was what was something that stood out to you um if anything did from from the second trailer?
2: Oh, I just thought it was visually stunning, I mean, everything that you guys have said that uh, i I completely agree with um I liked learning. I don't know if they're um, – they might have gone over it in the first trailer, but just more in-depth of the story that he's trying to figure out what happened to his dad. Um, I, it, that's a cool, like, aspect. I love that Pikachu, uh, Pikachu uh, tail scene. I thought that was funny, like uh, you were saying, Nick. And um, I love the I Need a Hero playing in the background. I thought that was a good choice for (laughs) a song that just made it ridiculous. And then Charizard, Mewtwo. I think it's when it comes to visuals, they're supposed to make us not think something is real. I think the best uh, example is Ex Machina when it comes to, like, you know, that's why it was so impressive is that it didn't have this huge Star Wars like universe or anything like that, but you really thought this robot was real or why first man probably won. And to an extent, man, this the whole world, the fact that they're they're making me believe that Pokemon exists in a hu- in real humans, you know, existence, like is this it's crazy. It's it's mind blowing. When I heard Detective Pikachu, I thought that was the dumbest thing I had ever heard. Like I was down kind of for Pokemon <laughs> you know, movie. But this, like I said, this is going to be a fun journey and it opens up the gates with this huge wall building that they're doing to potential other stories, maybe with Ash and stuff. So I think that's awesome. And I think they're going to make a lot of money. And Ryan Reynolds was a perfect choice. Absolutely. And if they're smart, I can't
3: remember what studio is behind this, but if they're smart uh, around the, the actual release of the movie, they should allow Ryan as Pikachu to do a lot of marketing. Um, I mean, you don't necessarily need it. Pokemon is a phenomenon. Like I just, I just saw the other day it's still on television. Like on its a billionth season. Um, like <laughs> it's between Pokemon and Supernatural to see like who will die off first. Um, but it's 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 still going. So it's a phenomenon. So people will see it regardless. But again, always catering to the people who maybe never really got into Pokemon. You let Ryan Reynolds, like, work his magic that he did for Deadpool as far as marketing as Pikachu, I'm telling you. <laughs> just already I can see the, the, you know, the, the people buying the little fluff Pikachu dolls, like, have them flying off the shelves. It's going to be great. So they have themselves in a really good situation um, as far as just money-making outside of just what they can get in the box office. But it's going to be insane. Um, Joel as someone who I know is probably going to be playing uh, one of these Pokemon games that are out on the switch or that are coming out later this year. Uh, what did you, how did you feel about uh, the second trailer for detective Pikachu and what stood out to you the most?
1: It's, uh, it was great. Uh, the first one was great. This one was also great. Uh, I just, it's I I don't want to say it's a dream come true, but it's kind of where I'm going with it. Like it's something like <laughs> I grew up loving Pokemon, my, uh, my most of my childhood. And you always dream, let just like, just like comic books and you can't wait to see it come to life. That's kind of how I felt about Pokemon. Um, When they first announced detective Pikachu, uh, it was, I thought it was kind of silly. I'm like, Oh, it's going to be one of those, one of those types of movies. You, 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 we already judged it before we saw anything. We all did. Um, because a lot of us don't know much about Detective Pikachu. That game came out much later, and I was older, and I didn't really care. Um, and when the trailer first came out, it's just – I was thinking about it all day. Like, that first trailer blew my mind. Like, I it was – because I just – they learned how to mix it. Like, I remember seeing pictures of, like, what Pokemon might look like in real life. And you're like, oh, that's probably a little too realistic for my taste. But, but they still look good they found the medium. They found they look like Pokemon, but they still look like they exist within the real world. And I think those little things, like like the details, like the fur or or like the the skin texture, I think that goes a long way. And I I just, this new trailer, especially, we get to see Mewtwo for the first time. And they they obviously, Mm. you know, they they let the cat out the bag. And and there's Mewtwo. And I know a lot of people know Mewtwo from back in the day. And everyone that knows the original 151 Pokemon uh, know how big of a character that is and and just they're not holding back and this this i'm just so excited to see it happen and ryan reynolds is a guy i've loved for a long time like all like all the way back like fucking uh i think it was the two guys two uh one a going girl two guys in a pizza place or whatever that old ass show from like abc i Mm -hmm. watched that show (laughs) like he was on that and um I really Me liked Brian my whole life, and then yes, like everyone, Brian. Like, I've been I've been a fan of Brian for a long time. He got the Deadpool. world, thought he was perfect for it, and of course, he he brought it back. and I'm very happy for him because I think this is another another way to keep himself relevant because his other movies. I mean, aside from Deadpool, his movies aren't have been, haven't been exactly the best. But um, this is another way he could do it, and he just lends his voice to it. And I, it fits perfectly. He does Detective Pikachu really well, mm-hmm. and. Uh, in a way that I never thought I needed it. It's like one of those things that you got it and you didn't know you needed it, and that's kind of where I am with Detective Pikachu and Ryan Reynolds. It was a great matchup of, of like a good actor and a some and a franchise I didn't know care I cared about as much as I did. Um, but Pokemon in general, I just can't wait to see how the rest of the world exists. I know, I saw something in trailer. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm going to go look it up now. The guy that um, has I guess his I guess the trainer of Charizard. It looks like Manu Bennett. <laughs> from like from CW. It looks a lot like Manu, and I want to check if it's actually him because we didn't get a long look at him. But I I would love to see if, the, if he's in that movie. That'd be pretty cool for him. But I'm just I just it's, everything looks really good. Like Mr Mime. I never gave a shit about Mr Mime in the Pokemon games. He's hysterical in these trailers. I can't. I love <laughs> the way they use Mr Mime, and I, I just. I'm really excited. Like, I've n- I never thought I'd be this excited to see a live action Pokemon movie, but I, I am. I really am.
3: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the funniest thing is about this and, you know, the success we know is going to come around us in the box office is we know how reactionary Hollywood is and that when uh, mm-hmm. this movie comes out and is a huge success, like, I think we all can agree it probably will be. It'll open the mm-hmm. door for a lot, like it won't be long before you hear crazy things like, oh, a Yu-Gi-Oh! movie might be in the mix or like a a spin-off Pokemon movie. Like, so much is going to come from this. But it's not necessarily a bad thing because you would hope um, after seeing how well-received this will be that it would drive others to work a lot harder on getting details uh, correct. Because if you think back to stuff like Dragon Ball, that movie that came out, like, they just, it, it seemed as though no one had ever read a book about Dragon Ball Z, watched a show about Dragon Ball Z. They were just like, someone walked in and was like, hey, I have a concept, make it into a movie, and that's what they did. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it excites me on what this could open, because I'm still begging for a Big O movie. I, I still want the Big O as a live-action movie. I think that, that would be just freaking epic. Um, so, here's to hoping that we get some of those things down the pipeline after Detective Pikachu. Um, but, all right, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's talk Dark Phoenix. Uh, it's funny because before I saw the trailer, I saw Jessica Chastain's, um, uh, not interview, but her sit down with Jimmy Fallon, I believe it was. Um, and she just was saying a lot of stuff. I was just like, you should not be saying a lot of the stuff you're saying, she was kind of somewhat spoiling it, then she kind of went into kind of spoiling uh, Dark Phoenix, um, but when, when I saw the clip that they showed before the trailer came out, I was just like okay, alright I mean, it, it has elements of X3, but of course it does, it's the same story um, so that, that doesn't really bother me all that much um, but I thought it visually looks good then I saw the full trailer, and I was just like, I don't know. I don't know about this. But, Dan, I want to go to you first. What were your thoughts after watching um, the Dark Phoenix trailer? And are you even more sold on seeing how this, this saga ends, or did the trailer not really sell you?
2: No, nah, this this trailer I actually thought was way better than the, the first one. I thought that this uh, showed us that exact tone that they've had with these X-Men films for a while, but it also, it's, it's telling the story. I don't think, I mean, I, I get why people would have comparisons with X3, but I mean, we're seeing Phoenix in space. We've never seen that before. We're, we're seeing, you know, Jean Grey really just turn completely evil. There's that spoiler, I guess, at the beginning that a lot of people think is the spoiler. I wonder if it's actually a swerve with a, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, a uh, mystique, um, but, uh, you know, it, it it just shows a very, very dark tone for this. And uh, I love that scene with Magneto with the guns pointed at her, shooting full blast, and she's just, like, smiling through it. I think uh, Sophie Turner looks uh, really good as far as really trying to encompass this role because you got to throw a lot of emotion into playing this corrupt mind. Um, uh, and uh, I thought, you know, if this is the last one that we get with this group, I think it's going to be a good film. I really do. I think that it looks... I thought the trailer was actually – the last trailer, I wanted to like it, but it just didn't give it to me as much, and I think this one actually did. And I think visually, actually, that that train scene was – I I thought looked pretty good, um, where they, you know, rip the train off the tracks and stuff like that and start just pulling it up. And I love that they're wearing those collars, uh, so I guess, you know, I don't remember them using those in the past. They probably have. I can't remember, but, um, you know, the fact that the, that detracts their uh, mutant ability uh, reminds me of the cartoon and comics, obviously, and, um, yeah, um, I'm trying to think of... Oh, oh I want to know who the fuck uh, Justice Chastain is. Like, I'd like to know. Like, I don't know if she's a Llandra. I don't know if she's uh, Lalandra's sister, Deathbird. I have yeah, no I idea think, who she is. I think
3: she's I think she's the sister, from, from what I'm hearing. I think she's the
1: sister. We can completely rule out make sense. the
3: rumor... We could completely rule out the rumor that was floating around, like maybe last year of her being a scroll. That's a thousand percent not what's going on here. Um, she's mm-hmm. definitely probably the sister. Whoever said that should be hit in
2: the face with, uh, with sandpaper, just like smack. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: I Fucking will say, to what you said before, Dane, about the, the collars, we saw that in Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool 2, sorry. We saw that in Deadpool 2. Um, that's what they said right. on Wade and the kid uh, before they took him to prison. Also, mm-hmm. did that train scene remind you of something you saw before in an X-Men movie, Dane?
2: Um, I'm sure. Did, did, didn't did Magneto do that, I think? Yep. In
3: no, no. in the first X-Men, uh, where all the cops were outside of the train station, and that was when Magneto first was starting to, like, manipulate Wolverine's adamantium. Uh, and then I think he had something with guns, I, I, I think, in, in that scene. But um, like, like I said, at, at the well, beginning, the the second nice one,
0: he definitely did. And in the, the second, second one he, one, he was controlling did. all their guns outside that house.
3: Right. Yeah. I think in the first one he was holding he either was holding the cops' guns or like he turned them to face the cops. It was
1: he did, he did
2: something with That's, the gun.
1: That. That's what he did. He I, held all the guns yeah. and flipped them on them.
2: I think I, okay. I think you're gonna see like little sprinkles in this movie of just a throwback to certain parts in certain films. Maybe something involving Quicksilver doing some type of scene. I just love this cast. If you took this cast, you know every single one of them actually, and put them in any other movie, I think that it would be a pretty damn fantastic movie. And they're all great actors, so um, I'm looking forward to those like little I don't know Easter eggs that that go on past uh, things that they did, you know, this is the last, this is the last Fox X-Men movie. So hopefully it doesn't suck. That's uh, a, yeah,
3: I I agree with you on that. And I will say there's, there's no, I never have a problem with um, someone taking something that was really cool before and using it. Um, It's like I said, it's based off of the comic book world. So it's not like, you know, what you saw in X-Men one wasn't something that could have possibly been in the comics that they took from the comics. So, you lending off pieces of other other X Men movies, I'm I'm fine with. I don't I don't when I when I bring that up, I don't bring it up to say like oh like get original like no it, it's cool to see like like you said Dane the visual oh what
1: Magneto was doing
3: yeah. right yeah I'm completely fine with that I have absolutely no issue with that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me Nick I want to go over to you. What were your thoughts and thank you Dane for for pointing that out I completely forgot we had a trailer for this movie before i for some reason thought this was the first trailer this is the second trailer um all of our trailers are the second trailers um so thank you for pointing that out because i completely forgot um but nick what were your <laughs> thoughts on the second trailer for dark phoenix did it sell you um completely or did it kind of make you a little uneasy about it or
2: are you just sold regardless
0: well first of all i just want to point out that uh Jane said that the first trailer just didn't quite give it to him, uh, and I guess the second X trailer gonna give it to you. Um, just I, I guess that was running through my head. <laughs> that could have been better, but, um, but X anyway. gonna give it to you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as the trailer, um eh, it, Here's the thing: um, it's gonna take a lot to wow me for several reasons. One. Um, obviously we know that this um this is gonna be it. It's, it's you know, not going anywhere after this. So it's like the 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 idea of following it for the continuation of the story isn't necessarily there. Um, you know, some of you know, where you said uh Jawan, you like you don't mind little um uh Easter eggs and, and allusions to things that have happened in the past and I'm okay with that to a certain extent, but I don't need to see uh like another uh quicksilver scene um, like, five-minute-long scene of him running in slow motion doing stuff. Like, we've seen that uh, in both of the previous movies now. It was really fucking cool in Days of the Future Past. Um, and then when they did it in Apocalypse, I was just like, yeah, okay, we've seen that before. Um, like, I mean, they worked it into the movie uh, as far as the storyboard, fine. But, like, the implementation of it was not very good. Like, it was, it was like making is bringing a little too much of, like, a comedic uh, moment to this, like, very tragic scene um, that kind of undercut the emotion that was going on there um, with, you know, Cyclops losing his brother. Um, But, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, so, there. I mean, there's a lot. The the biggest thing with me is I just – I'm not excited to see this story because I've said this multiple times. Like, this is not a story that you can – You're going to get a very watered-down version of this story unless you chart it over several different movies. Um, And it's just – you're jumping too far ahead to do Dark Phoenix when you haven't even tackled um, really any of the the first Phoenix storylines. So my skepticism is is super high, Um, but as far as just the trailer is concerned, it's fine. Um, it did. It didn't wow me. I, I do agree with Dane. There are some cool scenes in there, um, like I mean the the definitely the Magneto scene. Um, I, I think it was edited together well. Like um, you know when when Magneto says the girl the girl dies, um, and then it cuts to you know Cyclops saying you know uh, she's still Jean in there. Like you know obviously that was a little play on editing where they're they're leading you to think one thing or build a conversation in your head that's not really happening. Um so like I, I think a lot of the, the the way they put the trailer together is is you know they did a good job. It's just my interest level for this movie is just is is probably lower than any other X Men movie. Um maybe maybe any X Men movie in fact. Um honestly.
2: Nick, let me I, ask you something. Go ahead. Dan. Yeah. I, I think that when it comes down to it, when it when it comes to this film, I've seen two different mindsets. It's either people that are that are like, uh, ah, it's the last one, last hurrah, let's try to enjoy it, see what happens and then there's since this is the last one and we know they're gonna redo them in Marvel, I just don't really care. So and I, I don't think either mindset obviously mine's the first one, I don't think either yep. mindset's I, I think they're plenty warranted, you know. But I, I feel yep. like those are the aspects in which the fans are looking into this.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would agree. I, I, I think, I think too, though, like part of the reason why I do feel the latter, because you're definitely right. I do. Um, But one of the big reasons, well, one, no, one of the biggest reasons is just, I like, I like, again, I feel like this is a very rushed storyline. Like, and I don't, like, we've we've already seen them try to do Dark Phoenix, and it didn't work, and it's like, and also, like, I'm not the biggest fan of Simon Kinsberg, and this is his first directorial uh, presentation, Um, so, like, there's a lot of reasons why I I am very skeptical of this movie, Um, and all of those reasons are what kind of make me... Not have the hype for it, it as opposed to just it being the last time before Disney uh, gets the rights back. If that makes sense?
2: No, I completely get that because I mean this is a ten issue arc, I think, or maybe nine issue arc. So they are trying to cram something. I don't even. We don't know the runtime. I don't think necessarily, but I mean, yeah, that's that's going to be a lot into a small amount. Um, so it, yeah, I I can completely agree with you on that.
3: I'll say it—it's—it's it, crazy because when they did it the first time, um, it felt rushed, but it was cool, like how they did it, to where it ended with Jean, uh, risking herself, uh, you know, the damn burst, and everyone thought like she had died. Then, like towards the end of the movie, you see like the the phoenix in the water, and I was like, oh, that was really cool. And then I saw X three, and I was just like, oh no, maybe you should have like dragged it out like another movie. Um, I. <laughs> I do think Simon Simon missed, um, he missed the boat, because I think he should have went the route of Mr. Sinister. Um, I think what, uh, I can't remember the director who did First Class, but I think what he was trying to start was building villains you have not seen on screen before, and building stories you have not seen on screen before. Um, And then Apocalypse happens, where you're like, all right, cool, I've never seen Apocalypse or this story before. And then, and then it was like, boom, I'm going to end it with Dark Phoenix. And it's like, no, like, stop it. You've seen this. I don't want to see this again. Um, it'd be the equivalent to Matt Reeves rebooting uh, the Batman and then giving us the same villains we've seen a billion times before. It's okay to go deeper into the villains' uh, gallery and give us someone we've never seen before. It gives you so many more freedoms. Than you taking a story, one, that's huge, two, that's been done before, Um, because it doesn't leave you that much different things to do. And I think you kind of get that feel from this. I I just think they should have went a different route, Um, not only with story, but with villain. Because, again, First Class seemed like it was setting up to be such a different universe uh, than what it's starting to pan out to be, to where it seems just like the same story,
0: we've, um, you know, we've seen before. Uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, and not to mention, it's they they laid all this groundwork, groundwork, excuse me, to do the Essex Corporation and Mr. Sinister and all of that. And it's just like, okay, well, mm-hmm. I guess, I guess they were just teasing that for later for on one. down the road, like after mm-hmm. Dark Phoenix, right. which we're not going to get anymore. But it's just right. like, man, like uh, that would have been, that would have been the way to to end it, like in my opinion, like just have gone right. with that. And I think that actually was a rumor before, um, obviously, because of the, tea, the tease that they they tr- dropped us, um, but you know we just we just never really got it. I mean, I guess nope. one could argue that we did get a a version of it in in Logan, um, but we didn't get Mister Sinister. You know, like so right. um, so it's just like that
2: groundwork never really materialized. Me, I feel like he right, will be the first villain. In the uh, Disney stuff, I feel like they could. Probably that, that well, would could probably like be one of the smartest ones. Yeah, it would be the smartest kind of
3: thing. And I also feel like the, the biggest issue with making Jean Phoenix in the course of just two movies is that I really feel like we haven't really built Jean for the audience to feel invested enough for Phoenix yes. to be this whoa kind of moment. Um, I agree so with that. It's like, it's like, boom, she's there. Boom, she's there. And it's like, can you develop her character? So, like, when Phoenix happens, it's this oh-my-God moment for me, rather than, like, did I miss two movies? Like, how did she become the Phoenix so quickly? Um, so, I mean, that... Well, and, bothers the, me.
0: and, but, and, and, and to your point, at the end of the original second movie, X2, um, mm-hmm. like, that, that would have been kind of the perfect way to do it, because you had established Jean as a very prominent character, um, a very important character, obviously, not just because of the love triangle but just in the in the the movies in general she was she was a primary focus um and if they had just taken that story those two first movies and then developed the phoenix saga um from that and maybe um kind of, i mean honestly you can diagnose anything with hindsight but honestly like a like a story um Like have X three had just been something completely different, and then X four is when you find out that like what's been going on with Gene, and then it all connects together with all of these um, continuation of what she's been doing while they were you know involved in X three. That would have been a way to do it, but they they never laid that groundwork, like you said, Juwan this go round um, for for the, the, the viewer to really invest in it.
3: I mean, because the groundwork was laid, because remember, we've only seen these X-Men characters uh, before, obviously, this one in one movie, which was Apocalypse. They laid all the groundwork in Apocalypse, and it was just like, no, that's not really how you do it. Groundwork is usually over the course of time. It shouldn't just be in one setting, Um, because if you guys remember her nightmares and, and, you know. I think she was, like, burnt, burning or something like that. Like, she was having nightmares of, like, the end of the world and stuff like that. So they were laying right. the groundwork of Dark Phoenix, but that's not how you do it. But, Joel, I'm sorry. I've, I've talked so much. <laughs> Let me hear from you your thoughts about Dark Phoenix. And um did, did this, because I know it didn't, the idea of this movie didn't really excite you much. Um, Did this second trailer maybe get you back on board, or are you still, like, I'm going to see
1: it, but I could really care less about this movie. I, I'm definitely going to see it. I just don't care
0: anymore. <laughs> like, uh,
1: <laughs> uh, it's, um, I, I love the X-Men. I've always loved the X-Men. They are probably my second favorite superhero team after the Justice League. Um, and it's – I've – I've loved them for so long, and to see them in live action as long as we have, and them pretty much starting it off for the Marvel Universe, um, uh, I was so excited. I remember the first day I saw—I uh, I was in a theater. And this was before the internet was—I mean, it was—it was, it was still—it was a thing, but I didn't really have it as much. <laughs> and I remember the first time I even heard about X Men being a movie was in the movie theater, and I saw like the like the the, the, the little build they had there with the giant silver X. And I was so ecstatic. I was so excited and happy. And I and I love this franchise for being what it was—a live-action interpretation of the X-Men. Um, I have I've had my issues with it. It's gave us some good. It's given us some bad. Um, and yes, we have already seen the Dark Phoenix before, and and probably their one of their worst movies in you know X3: Last Stand. Um, and I did not ever like the idea of the Phoenix Force being. Part of her mutation, I always liked her more as uh, an alien entity, and that's primarily because of how I was introduced to Dark Phoenix in the, in the cartoons, cause that's the first time I saw it was in the cartoons, um, and the whole thing with the Shi'ar, and, and then and the X-Men versus the Imperial Guard, and that was an epic fight, <laughs> and... I love that so much, just to see it watered down and it, it just being a mutation always bothered me. So when they announced that Dark Phoenix is coming back and they were going to reintroduce it into this new, the new trilogy, which is basically an extension of the old trilogy, um, I didn't know how to feel. I was excited because I'm like, all right, well, they have an idea. Uh, like I'm, I'm okay with it. But then, um, and then when I heard about it, it was gonna be, uh, they're gonna go into space, and I'm like, oh my god, they're really gonna go to space. That's fucking different because they never go to space, and the accident has been known to go to space it's plenty a lot. Um, so I really thought maybe the CR would get involved in some capacity, and and, and we'd get something. And then we've heard about the what's her name. Um, her being an alien in in the movie and and oh was she I remember I heard that that whole thing that she was Lalandra. and then that kind of got debunked. and we don't know what the fuck she is or who she is and I, there's a part of me at this point that's making me feel like is she not just the physical in in, in incarnation of the phoenix force talking to jean cuz you never see her talking to anybody except jean in these trailers so is it just is she just the phoenix force you know what i mean um and the trailers have been good like visually, like I like the last show was okay. This show was better in my opinion. Like visually, I love the trailer. Like in terms of like what I saw, I like the the action sequences. It's deep. It's dark. And but I, I but it's a very bittersweet movie because I know it truly is the end of this franchise as we know it. Um, I'm not as I'm not excited for it, but I am looking forward to see how it ends, what they do with it. I do hope they end it on in a, in a they they wrap it in a nice bow and they give us a decent ending. Um because honestly the best ending to to this whole X Men franchise was probably uh uh Days of Future Past or even Logan. Just you know, they those are the best ways to end it but they kept going and now we're stuck with this. So hopefully they can give us some type of closure and let this this version of the X Men, you know, pass along and you know, it's time to say goodbye to this version of the X Men, and I've loved it for as long as we, you know, we had it. But you know, I'm not super psyched. i just really ain't. I, I am gonna watch it, and I, I wish for the best for it. But I, I'm not, not exactly the most psyched for it.
0: How pissed are you say, gonna be if we don't get any closure, Joel? Yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna
1: be upset. But I, but at the
0: end of the day, I know where it's going, and I'm, I'm very excited for that. Okay, so so not on the level of Luke Cage and Iron Fist not getting any closure.
1: No, 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 no. That's way more because I can't I can't be <laughs> sure that
0: we're that's coming back. You know what I mean? That's different. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: that
0: would no, upset me a lot.
1: Yeah.
3: I will say before before we move on to uh, our, our last trailer, the the biggest thing that upset me, not because I had a problem with them doing it, but because the original was so emotional. Uh, well, I got so emotional watching it was the reverse of the scene that they had in X three where. Um, Gene is, you know, seemingly looking to destroy Magneto as Charles uh, is a bystander watching it. Um, Because we remember the original on X3 was Magneto was watching Gene destroy Charles. Uh, And that was such an emotional moment watching Wolverine watch Charles die. Um, So I'm really curious on how Simon's pulling it off in this stance. Um that looks really similar. Even the house the looks a little similar um to what they did next three. So I'm really curious on how they pull that off and if that will be an emotional moment yeah. or if that's something that's just really quick and then we move on. So I'm really curious mm-hmm. on why he put that exact film and how it will emotionally tie in to, to everything that's going on around that moment.
1: Did, um did you know- did you notice that the the SWAT team that was out there hunting whatever I guess the mutants or the X Men themselves they had patches that said MCU on them? <laughs> like no, on I, the didn't. I didn't. I <laughs> didn't. It says <said> MCU <laughs> on on this, on the SWAT team. That was a pretty interesting. Little nod to the future of the X Men. <laughs>
3: that is hilarious. Um, but I will say to the point you made about her, um, Jessica Chastain's character uh, maybe being like a, a a manifest of like the Phoenix Force. She did say something right. on, on Fallon's show that um, her character is someone who seemingly is trying to take the power that Jean has and use it for her own purposes. So I'm going to assume mm. it's probably to save her planet or her people, like she needs that power. Um, we didn't see her really interact with many people, but I want to say it was at a con somewhere to so where they showed the trailer for this, and she was speaking to Charles. Um, but I could be completely wrong, but who knows? I mean, this movie seems like it's just doing with yeah. whatever it wants, so who knows? Uh, yeah. right. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not
1: exactly a fan of them keeping her identity. It better be something fucking mind-blowing by the time they announce her. If her name is, like, fucking uh, Becky at the end of the day and she's nobody, I'm going to be very upset.
3: Well, now you've put it in my mind that that's a possibility, so there's that. <laughs> uh, but I'm right, going to move on to Hellboy. Uh, we got a second trailer of Hellboy. We got a uh, regular one, uh, and then we got a Red Band one. I, I never really understood Red Band, uh, but whatever. Um, Rated R if, trailer. I know, but just have the trailer say that it's a Rated R trailer. Like, I mean,
0: are kids really going to be watching a Hellboy trailer? Like, should they? That's that's why it, it has yeah, a red yeah. backdrop instead of a green backdrop, Dior. Right, yeah. yeah. Just have
3: one. I just have one. I don't want to watch two, thinking that I'm missing something on
0: one of them. Um, I didn't even watch the regular one. I just watched the red band. Who one. watches the green band? Yeah, who watches? Yeah, two? I like, didn't know there was
3: a red band one. I didn't know there was a red band one. I watched the the one that um the the first one that I saw was the regular. Do you listen one and to and
2: was, well, Do you listen to censored gangster rap, John? Is that what you do? And just make sure you, you hit all the bleeps shit. Time out. I
3: honestly do. I dead serious. am oh dead serious I do. I really do. Um <laughs> all right, but I,
2: I. this is at the level of Ocarina of time shit. My god, I can't even myself right now. <laughs> well, do dear. you
3: guys want me to lie to you? I can lie to you. Sure, so I, so I no, sound slightly, cool, but
1: me. No, I, I'm, I being <laughs> I'm being honest. I love the honesty. Honest I truly do. <laughs> um
3: no, but after seeing this trailer, I, I, I couldn't get into it. Joel, you know how hyped I was about this movie, um, leading into them obviously pushing back from their original release date. I, I couldn't get into this. I, I don't know what, it, what about it I, I didn't necessarily like. It just didn't really do anything for me. Like That's even with me watching the Red Band one, like obviously the rest of humanity did except for me. Um, I, it just—I don't know—I I don't know what it is, but I, I'm gonna go to you first, Dane. What were your thoughts watching the second trailer to the rebooted
2: Hellboy movie? Oh, you know, it, it seems cool. I like it. I guess I don't know. Um, the thing is, it seems like it's—it's it's got like that—that that old school Hellboy feel. Um, it, it basically, it could be in two directions, man. It could be like. The Hellboy movies that we liked, Blaze, you know, the first Underworld, or it could be like every Underworld sequel, pretty much every Resident Evil movie, wow. um, and have that much more that of a, a feel, which I don't really care for. But, I mean, I liked him as Hellboy, I guess. I thought the uh, leopard dude was, was pretty nifty. Uh, I liked Smoke on the Water, them doing that weird little rendition, even though normally I hate that type of crap, but thought it was a, a cool version and um Mila Djokovic, uh, she just does not age at all. Um
4: no. she looks the exact
2: no. same since fucking uh the whatchamacallit, uh the movie fifth with Bruce element. Willis. Damn it. What the fuck is Fifth element? There you go, fifth element. Thank you, okay. thank you, Joel. But uh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I don't really care about this movie either. I just I can't get into it. Um yeah, I hope it's good. Maybe it'll be like a sleeper hit, and I'll go see it. Or maybe it'll we'll just be good off the bat, and you know, then I'll go try it out. But it, it seems like this is probably going to be a movie that I check out after it's in theaters, uh, honestly. But um, who knows? We need to get more some more trailers, and uh, yeah, that leopard dude—he was neat. <laughs> I, he I'll,
3: say, I'll say I'm approaching this movie the same way um, I approach seeing Venom with with uh, with Joel, to so where it's like. As long as it entertains me, like, I, I, I'll i feel good about spending money on it. Um, and this looks like, at the very least, it'll be entertaining. And that's all I'm asking for from a movie like this. Like, I'm not looking for it to be accurate or for it to be better than the original. Just be entertaining. Like, be, be yourself. And from this trailer, I didn't really get entertaining from, from this trailer. Like, I kind of felt like a lot of the cursing he was doing was somewhat forced. I kind of felt like some of the
1: visuals right, was a little All right, stick to the G version then. Um, no, I,
3: I don't have a problem with him cursing. I just felt like it was forced. Like, it was just like, oh, I don't Every cursing I, I, is not...
1: forced for you. No, it's
3: not. No, it's not. That's no, it's it
1: not. Is. Cursing. Um, Thank God they didn't show
3: boobs.
2: You would have hated that damn thing.
3: I would have really hated that show. <laughs> right. You're, You're doggone right. Watch. You're
2: watching Game of Thrones. How's that going? <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not good, man. Except man. the boobs. Exactly, yeah. Wow.
3: Yeah. Well, the one, thing, got, the one thing I'll you. say
2: though, the original comic books had this, you know, from Mike Mike Magola had this this gothic, much more dark. I don't know. They were they, mm-hmm. they had humor in them, but it just seems like I I, I feel like uh, Del Toro got it a little bit better. And from mm-hmm. what I'm seeing, and this just seems like it could be like I don't know. Like I said, like uh, like Resident Evil too. Or, you know, yeah, know. well, I'll, I'll, I'll say just...
3: this. Whoever, whoever the director is, he obviously wanted to separate this movie from the originals, and he succeeded, but I don't think it's in a good way. Um, it, it just it feels completely different, but not in the way that it should. Um, like you said, uh, Del Toro, he got it. He understood it. Uh, there was also animated movies. For, uh, for Hellboy that were more closer to the comics, um, if you're trying to get an idea exactly without reading the comics. Um, but, yeah, I, I, outside of seeing him with the, the large horns, which visually I still think is freaking cool, um, it, just, it did nothing really for me. I just wish maybe Del Toro could have just done one last movie. Um, but, anyway, uh, Joel, what were your thoughts on the second trailer to the Hellboy movie and again tell us why cursing is so needed in rated R movies.
1: It's not that it's needed, it's just who cares and why doesn't Bobby It's rated R. It do if it's needed. <laughs> right. It's there. It's just part of the thing, yeah. It's just how people talk most of the time. Um Hellboy trailer. was pretty good. I liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um it didn't to me it didn't separate itself uh enough. From the other Hellboy movies, it kind of very similar, but probably with more of an edge, I guess. But I mean, I like those movies. I can't imagine this one's gonna be that much different than those movies, except maybe with more violence and more cursing, and uh, that's fine with me. And I'll probably enjoy just the same because of it. And I like the design of Hellboy, in this maybe a little bit more than the the older ones, but. Uh, that's it. I mean, uh, there are newer characters to get to know, and 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 I just I'm just gonna sit there and enjoy the ride. I'm not sure what else to expect from this movie. Uh, I don't know enough about the horror to get super excited, but I like what I've seen. And so really, that's really all it is.
3: Well, all right. That was Joel's in depth. uh Nick. Uh, Give us more than what Joel gave us. Uh, give us around kind of what Dane was, was giving us. Uh, more in depth. Wait, wait. Are you uh, asking
2: are you... Nick to try to go and, and, and have a longer explanation? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing?
3: I want I no, want Nick's review to take us sweet. from. I want yeah, Nick to take get to, the end of to 346. That's what I want, Nick.
1: Uh, but now, what were
0: your on the trailer? You can
1: do it, Charlie.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. First of all, I don't think you ever answered Dane's question earlier. Like, how are you enjoying Game of Thrones? Like, have you gotten to the part yet where uh, they're like, uh, plenty of people name their swords? Yeah, plenty of fucking cunts. Like, probably the best the character is, on this show, or at least the, up there. Uh, but anyway, the trailer. Okay,
3: go
0: ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 you go. Thing with Game of Thrones.
3: I was going to say, the thing with Game of Thrones is, I, in my mind, I approach it the same way I did Spartacus, to where it's like, all right, well, a lot of this is exactly what happened, like, back then. So it's like, I can't say, like, you're doing too extra or you're saying too much. Like, that's probably exactly how things were uh, back in those days. So I'm fine with it. So hearing all that cursing and stuff, is just like, okay, I- I'm cool with it. It's it's a really good show and I'm I'm really upset it took me this long to get into it.
0: Oh, I love how you you treat Game of Thrones like it's historical fiction. <laughs> like back it in the day Game of Thrones to Well, hey, real. it is Wait, it what? is very very <laughs> It is very rooted in, in, in uh in, in history. So that yeah. much it's yeah. very much the first couple seasons very much based on the War of the Roses. Um the, the Dothraki are very much the Mongol Empire. Um so you know, you you, you have some ground to stand on there. But uh, to to the trailer. Parallel. Um I loved it, dude. I loved it. Um first of all, like the scene where like everyone's running and the demons are coming up, it kinda reminded me of Castlevania. Yeah um which yeah. y- y'all know how high i am on that show but just like yeah. no holds yeah. bar, like people being ripped to pieces like these demons like fucking everybody up dude i loved it and i was like i didn't know this was going to be rated r i'm sure we've probably covered it at some point but i had forgotten about mm-hmm. it um <laughs> so when i saw the red band trailer i was like oh it's a red band trailer cool um and then when i started seeing like all of this like blood and gore and everything I was like damn son like they are not pulling any punches like this Mm -hmm. uh, hell yeah like this could be interesting Um, because this is the kind of movie to me like you're not going to do it like I know we talked about Venom and how you know that would be good if it was rated R and everything else Um, Mm -hmm. and there's you know been some other movies along the line Um, but you're usually not going to get it with like you know a, a property that's that big but with Hellboy like you can kind of get away with it because it's not like this huge brand name property. So you can get away with it with something like that or like Spawn or Sin City. Um, So I'm glad they did that. I'm glad they're just like, you know what, fuck it. Like we want to make like, you know, Hellboy, like like balls to the wall, like action-packed blood and gore. The visuals look really cool to me. Um, Dane's right. Mila Jovovich does not age. Um, she is, is, is a remarkable, uh, human being, uh, just, it's crazy. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped, uh, like for, for this movie. And I like, was just kind of like, all right, yeah, like I'll, I'll check it out. Like whatever. I was like, dang, I was like, I'll probably wait till it comes out. Um, you know, watch it at at some point, you know, on demand or when it hits HBO or something like that. Like after seeing this trailer, Damn right, I'm going to the theaters to see this because this shit looks fucking crazy. Like, I'm I'm really I'm excited. Listening. I love this trailer.
1: I'm
0: in there.
3: All right, fair enough. <clears throat> All right, let's uh let's get into our main topic. Oh man, these topics for D.C. are gonna give me a headache, but uh let's let's dive right into them. Let's start with Will Smith. Oh boy. All right. So apparently Will Smith is. Out is Dead Shot, rumored uh, because uh, scheduling issues. I think scheduling issues is sometimes uh, the excuse a lot of actors run to, but I'd really like to see how truly busy uh, he is between uh, now and then when they were actually going to start the shooting for this. Uh, if he was even going to be in it to begin with. Uh, that, that's what made me curious uh, the most. But apparently well, Warner Brothers may recast or just not use the character. Joel, I will start with you. What are your thoughts on Will Smith, on the possibility of Will Smith completely being out as Deadshot? And would you, if you're Warner Brothers, would you hold out for the idea of him to come back? Or if James Gunn wants to use Deadshot now, do you just go with the idea of recasting? him?
1: I am disappointed that he's out uh, at the moment. <clears throat> I don't know if it's long-term. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like it was, the bad breakup if it was. Uh, So I'd definitely leave it open for him to come back in the future. I'd just go with a different character instead of recasting Deadshot. Of course, James Gunn absolutely needs to use Deadshot and feels like he needs the character, then that's different. But uh, I I, I loved Will Smith's version of Deadshot. I loved that he was one of the better parts of, of Suicide Squad. So I figure if this movie does well, maybe there's a chance he can come back in the future. I'd leave that window open, in my opinion. So I think they'd be smarter to just go in a different direction use maybe a different character similar or or whatever the character wants to use, do that instead of um, just using, like, recasting. Uh, I I just, I feel like it's better that way. Especially if they bring back the same kind like, if say Harley comes back, it's definitely going to be Margot, and if it's definitely going to be Viola Davis' Waller, well, that window should be open for him to come back in the future, in my opinion. It, unless he never wants to come back. That's completely different if he doesn't want to come back. But he did, he seemed gung-ho about doing a dead shot movie at one point, so I can't imagine things went that badly. And apparently he was signed on to do this movie at one point, but scheduling conflicts, I don't know how true the scheduling conflicts are, but uh, if that's exactly true, if that's the exact reason, that's not that big a deal. And if the movie does well, maybe he'd want to come back in the future. But yeah, it is kind of disappointing. He was one of the characters I felt like uh, should be in the next movie because uh, that shot's always been a figure in the Suicide Squad uh, um, um, team. But, you know, it, it's not a big deal if he's not there. But, of course, I would have loved to see him come back.
3: I, I will say to your point, Joel, when he did that big skydiving thing for his birthday, he was doing a and a before he got in the helicopter. And <clears throat> one of the fans had asked him, like, Are you going to come back as Deadshot? And he said something, again, paraphrasing here, not directly quoting, uh, along the lines of um, he would love to come back to the Deadshot character and that there's been, like, there's been talks of of where his character could could pop up. Um, So whether whether the talks of this film being, you know, starting uh, production in September maybe collides with something that he has that we don't know about, it could definitely be that but it also could be him wanting to somewhat distance himself from Warner Brothers right now. Uh, so that's why I said scheduling conflict like could mean absolutely anything or have, it could be the exact
1: truth. Well, as of right now, he has three movies coming up. Uh, um, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. one of them I think is done, but he's, he's definitely filming Bad Boys right now, and I don't know if Gemini Man started filming, but he has those two movies coming, uh, and I'm not sure See, when they're starting filming. So. So the
3: action movie, so. the action movie that he shot um is done that comes out sometime, maybe next year, I think um and then uh, like you said, bad boys, and then whatever the the other one is, but yeah, like I said, it could be that or you know it could be something else um, but dane, uh I want you to tell me I'm completely crazy, of course, it's a scheduling conflict, and of you course are. they're gonna hold out for will Smith to come back
2: um there's there's a couple ways uh, i I, I think number one, what we have to realize is that uh, Dave Bautista is going to be playing Deadshot shot in the next movie.
0: So uh, go.
2: get ready, get ready for that. Uh, cool. God, that didn't, that did not land. All right. Uh, anyways. Um, yeah. I, I'm looking at a schedule right now and I remember John Campy, I believe going over this. So uh, he's filming bad boys right now. Um, so he should be done. He has to film Gemini man. I believe that's the next one in his pipeline. He's done with Aladdin He did a voiceover for Spies in Disguise. I don't even know what the hell that is. And Bright Bright 2 doesn't have a release date as of yet of when they're going to start production. That's it. So maybe there's more that we don't know about. Maybe he's Mm -hmm. just politely trying to make his exit, and they might potentially have to find someone else. If that's the case, uh, well, you know, cast Jamie Foxx, and then Will Smith will be happy about that. Um, And uh, that's... (laughs) <laughs> that, 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 that that would be – that's a Django joke if you guys didn't get that. You can't cast Keanu no. Reeves for Deadshot now at this yeah. point. So, right. you know, you got to do one or the other. He was Neo. Anyways, let's keep on going. And um, <laughs> maybe, maybe, guys, the rumors that we had beforehand of Deadshot getting his own movie, maybe David Ayer and him are – that's possibly what they're doing right now and we just don't know any of that information. They're going to get – a different uh, character and or maybe put Deathstroke in this, you know, and Joe Manganiello is not doing shit now and that, or I don't know. I have no idea. It's like, they can do it without Deadshot. It looks like Harley's going to have a cameo. Viola Davis is coming back. They'll figure it out. I kind of want Jai Courtney. That would be kind of great. I would have loved to have, have Will Smith cool. back, but yeah. you know, I think that there's potential for us to get a solo movie or maybe he doesn't want to do it anymore. And like I said, then you call Jamie Fox and see what he's doing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if they called Jamie, he would say yes.
3: Like if Jamie jumped on this spawn <laughs> movie that I'm still feeling like very low about, I'm pretty sure he would say yes to being to being Deadshot. So he would definitely jump on board for that. Um, but yeah, I, like like I said, Dane, I'm. It, it could go either way. Like it could be completely that he is busy, um, or it could just be he wants to step away from the character for a while. Um, to pursue other stuff. I mean, uh, who knows how long they were looking for him to be Deadshot um, for Solo, for Suicide Squad, for the Bat. Like, who knows? Um, but here's the holding out hope that we get to see Will Smith come back as Deadshot, um, you know, in, in the very near future, even if it's just like a small little cameo scene or something. Um, but, Nick, uh, what, what are your thoughts on Will Smith uh, rumored to be out as dead shot, uh, for scheduling issues. And, uh, Dane, you answered it without me actually having to ask it, but would you recast him, Nick, or would you hold out, uh,
0: for the, the possibility of him to just come back a little later? Well, I'm like everybody else. It just kind of depends on what's really going on. Um, but I, you know what? Like, like isn't like Jared Leto's already out right? He's not coming back as the Joker. That's been confirmed. No, no. It hasn't been confirmed. We don't know no. yet. Okay. But yeah, no but idea. that's the rumor. That's like that's the rumor right now is that we're not going to see him back as the Joker. Both both of his quote unquote upcoming films were were you know, thrown to the side um, that that they were tossing around for his character. Um, So, like, here's the thing. Like, I'm totally cool with just ignoring the fuck out of Suicide Squad. Like, it was a terrible movie. So, like, if James Gunn wants to come in and he wants to use Deadshot and and make The Suicide Squad and just have it be, like, a complete, like, reboot of Suicide Squad, just completely ignoring everything – Except for, of course, Amanda Waller and, and, and uh, um, Harley Quinn, like just recast everybody else. I'm totally fine with that. Um, now, if Will Smith wants to, like, if it is just a scheduling conflict and he does want to have um, involvement uh, in the future, maybe you could do a, another cameo for, for his character. Um, like, just because he can't do the whole movie, I'm sure if he really wants to be the character, they can fit, you know, find a way for him to make a cameo appearance. Um, so like, you know, that's certainly a possibility. Um, but yeah, I, I don't mind it at all. I don't mind if they recast just because there's already been so much kind of upheaval from the, the framework of the Snyderverse to now. Um, like, yeah, just, I'm cool with that. Just recast him. I got another name for you. Um, if, if Jamie Foxx doesn't want to do it, how about Michael B. Jordan? Like I'd be totally down for Michael B. Jordan to be dead shot. Um, I, I mean, it'd be a slightly younger version, but maybe uh, maybe that would work better for what James Gunn wants to do. So it's just like another name of you know. There's plenty of people out there, um, you know, who you could pick, uh, you know, to to kind of fill those shoes. The the I think the main thing is like just like whoever you get to replace him. Like if you if you replace him, I would just say like like make an announcement that this has no connection whatsoever. Um, to the original, Um, we are not like recasting this person to capture the spirit of Will Smith's rendition of the character, because as we all know, like Will Smith was pretty much playing Will Smith playing Deadshot. Like he was like, yeah, I I don't, I don't need to see somebody else try to play Will Smith playing Deadshot. Um, So if they do go with uh, a different person, I I hope it's just, it's made clear that It's not a continuation of that character. It's just a new iteration of, of that character.
3: Well, I would say this. If if you go for Michael B. Jordan, I would desperately want you to venture into doing uh, a Deadshot solo film. Um, because Hell yeah. I, I would love to see more of, because Michael B. Jordan's that kind of actor that, like, if you do, if you play him in Suicide Squad, right, we already know Matt Reeves is doing whatever he's doing with those movies. I don't think you see Deadshot that often, but if you do bring in a Michael B. Jordan, um, I want to see that character as much as possible. Obviously, not every summer, but if, as much as you possibly logically can give us Deadshot, um, I would want to see what he, you know, uh, him take on that role. Now, a guy that doesn't have that kind of star power, um, but I think would be a really good actor, Trevor. Trevor, I think is his name. He was in Bird Box and that other um, Oscar-winning movie Trevon from last Rose. year. Yes, that guy. I would like to see him take that um, role. Uh, Moonlight, that um, guy? Okay. Yes, Moonlight, thank you. Uh, oh, okay. I would like to see him take that role. I mean, I still want to hold out for Michael B. Jordan to have a larger role in the superhero world. Um,
1: me Dead too. God would be
3: great. Green He'd Lantern. would be great, but
1: <laughs> Green Lantern
3: would be amazing for him. But to me, I want him to take something that has longevity to it. Like Deadshot's not really a character like you. you can really place just
0: anywhere. Um, but who knows? Yeah, but I think world. him working with Margot Robbie would be great. Like, I think th- those two actors together would be fantastic.
3: I completely agree. Uh, I completely agree. Don't get me wrong, Nick. I-, I would love to, if they said he was Deadshot tomorrow, I'd be on board. I just, then if you select him, I need to see him a lot more. Like don't have it only when suicide squad, uh, has mm-hmm. a movie that that's when I see him as dead shot. Like, Make a solo movie. Bring in what I'm Bronze Tiger and not just don't use Deadshot
1: for now, and then you can have a whole new character. You not to worry about. There you go. Explaining shit. I'm,
3: I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. It saves controversy and everything. Right. So I'm fine you don't
1: with have to that. that
3: new character. <laughs> <laughs> and right now, right now, Warner Brothers needs to stay away from controversy. But speaking of controversy, uh, let's move on. Uh, apparently, uh, Joe, you probably know more of the the actual article than I do, but apparently, and this is going to sound really dumb, so bear with us, audience.
4: Apparently, Warner
3: Brothers is wanting a good Superman and Batman film going forward. Now, what they were kind of getting to in the sense of that is they want to take their time, make sure they're developing really good stories for for both characters. They're not rushing and putting out bad movies, which is understood. But in saying that, it kind of seems like shouldn't that have just been the mindset? Like I don't know when you first started the universe, like this shouldn't be uh uh we found the light kind of thing. This should just be like all your movies should be really good films going forward. Um, but the second half of that is um, they they also made it known it could be a while before we get another Justice League movie. Good, I mean it good. You're doing the right thing right now. But, Dane, I want to start with you.
1: Excuse me. What are your thoughts
3: on them giving us that enlightenment of a statement by telling us they want good Superman and Batman movies going forward? And also (laughs) what I want to ask you of that question is uh, the true question out of that I want to ask you, Dane. With saying that, knowing that we're getting Batman as soon as we are, do you think with saying that, that Superman is on the horizon, whether it's with or without Henry Cavill, or do you think that's Still in the land of oblivion, along with Green Lantern and Flash.
2: Hold on, let me go get my two manatees in the tank and have them roll around. One has a yes, and the other one has a no, and I'll find out from them what the fuck's going on with that.
4: <laughs> oh my gosh,
2: no uh, fucking solid. clue. Solid. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: good Superman and good Batman films. That's basically throwing shade on Zack Snyder. I think. Um, I don't know that, actually. But by the way, just separate note, Heroic Hollywood, what happened to the news? You know, I love your fan art, but what the fuck does every article have to do with Zack Snyder concept art for Justice League and BBS? Can we let this shit die, please, people? Anyways, uh, but speaking of which, at least they're talking about Superman and Batman films going forward because we really had no idea what the fuck was going on um, beforehand. Uh, I had, I mean... I'm fine with them not doing a Justice League uh, movie for a while. I wouldn't do a Justice League movie in the future. I would do a JLA uh, in the future. I would get away from that, uh, now that damaged brand of Justice League and try to reinvigorate it after you introduce a Batman. I hope we have a Superman film right around the corner. We don't even have to. I don't give a fuck if you have Robert Pattinson. I don't give a fuck if you have Danny DeVito playing Batman, Okay. You can still have Henry Cavill play Superman, yeah. just like you have Gal Gadot <laughs> play Wonder Woman. I would love to see him just re- kind of restart it and just do like the All Star Superman. That's like in the middle, but it's kind of the origin, but it's not really. But it reflects a lot of shit, and you can do a lot of different stuff with the stories of Superman and just give him his own movie. It would be so fucking awesome. It would be neat. It would be great. I'm just I get so just annoyed by this shit. And look, great statement. And I'm glad that. There's talks about the Flash again. I'm glad, you know, they're doing this, they're doing that. The Batman movie, Matt Reeves, nifty. It's just, it's very tiresome. And um, I'm going to go take a nap now.
3: Yeah, I mean, the the thing that stresses me really about the the Superman thing is you have a completely different situation than you did with Ben. Like, Henry is expressing how much he wants to still be Superman. So then it kind of makes you feel like the idea that nothing's happening is completely on Warner Brothers. Um, Unlike it kind of seemed around the beginning to where
1: the the story
3: was kind of making it seem like Henry wanted a lot, Warner Brothers wouldn't cave. Like now no, and
4: every, like-
2: every time they do that, it's like, how much money did Henry Cavill want? I mean, he's playing Superman, so I get it. Like, if he's like, damn, Gal got that much? Ben got that much? I need to go fucking talk to Warner Brothers. I mean, like, they're acting like he's Guillermo del Toro, you know, leaping back, asking for the outrageous amount of money for Hellboy 3 with no reason to do that because the other two movies didn't make shit. Like, how much money was Henry Cavill asking for is what I'd like to know.
3: I don't know, but I will say Henry Cavill started the universe quite like Robert Downey Jr. started uh, the MCU. So I kind of feel like if I'm Henry Cavill, Man of Steel started it. And if I'm watching everybody else who's just now joined making like eight times what I'm making, yeah, I would ask you for a lot more money. That's That's not a weird thing for someone to do who has been super loyal to you. And think of this. The entire time Warner Brothers in D.C. was being crapped on between BVS, Suicide Squad, Justice League. You never heard Henry Cavill say not one thing in a negative light about D.C. or Warner Brothers or anything. No, that he smiled like an on. idiot
2: every time.
0: He
3: every yeah. time like e- even infamous... when Ben
0: Affleck was having like a, a like a meltdown on camera like he exactly. just the just like yada yada
1: yada it's going to be great everybody exactly so
0: to me <laughs>
3: i kind of feel like uh, wait, wait, wait.
2: I, I, I so it's like he was thinking of like uh you know uh Simon and Garfunkel and the other one was thinking of like the merry melodies like you know just playing in his uh, Looney tunes <laughs> fucking amazing yes. yeah, yeah exactly <laughs>
3: Um, But, yeah, my my biggest issue is that, to me, asking for more money, seeing your peers garner, like, crazy amounts. You're kind of like, yeah, I want more money. And, to me, I never find an issue with an actor wanting some control over their character. Like, if you watch TV shows that go past a season or two, you'll see the lead character becomes the producer. Why? Because they get their character. They get what direction they need to go in. And it's okay to allow them to have somewhat say in where their character goes. So I I don't see what the issue could have been in that. There's a lot more going on. I think they just wanted to get away from anything Zach had his name on. But it was too hard to do with with Wonder Woman because of his success and too hard to do with Jason Momoa uh, because of the huge success of I'm But I'm Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, I, I think that was the underline, that they just wanted to distance themselves completely from anything Zach created. Um, but, Nick, I'll go to you. Um, what are your thoughts on what I just said? Do you think that was that's something that Warner Brothers was seemingly looking to do um, but couldn't because of the success of Aquaman and Wonder Woman? And your thoughts on uh, the stupid report of wanting good Superman and Batman movies.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. Of course you weren't good. You know, movies for the two most popular comic book characters of all time. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, uh, that's a that's a no brainer. Um, But like Dane said, at least they're they're like kind of talking about it a little bit. This is the first we've really heard about Superman in a little while. Um, Like even even being mentioned as far as um, like a movie going forward. The only thing we've heard like as of late is pretty much silence as far as a movie and and the ongoing uh talks and and those talks having broken down about the, the negotiation of of uh cowell's contract so um so i if there's a, a grain of positivity that you can take out of this then that would be it um and I, i'm sorry what was it you what was the other thing you wanted me to talk about
3: i was I was asking do, did you feel as though Warner Brothers was looking to completely distance themselves from anything that created had his hands on uh, but right. the success of Wonder Woman and Aquaman made it very difficult to do that
0: yeah, probably um like i mean I, look, there were plenty of people um saying you know pretty much what a year and a half ago um look, just tear it all down. Just start over. Like y- you've, you've just laid such bad groundwork. It's going to be so hard to like make this work. And so I'm sure that they had people in their boardrooms like kicking that notion around, especially with Ben not wanting to be there anymore. Um, and then, you know, Wonder Woman happens and that's very positive. And they were probably still kicking that notion around and then Aquaman happens and it's like, damn, well, we can't stop now. I mean, these these movies are actually, you know, doing pretty well and, you know, we do have some, some pretty, you know, talented uh, directors coming in to do these various, quote-unquote, maybe more passion projects. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I could see that. But being here and now, they need to, to like, pay Cavill, like, what he wants within, within a reasonable boundary. Um, but, I, you know, like, Dane, I, I can't imagine Henry Cavill being like, dude, I, I want – like Robert Downey Jr money like i can't imagine him demanding that um i mean it, it's possible but it's just it's just so highly unlikely um and you know like i i think it would be a big mistake for them to lose a, a, after already having lost their batman to also lose their superman um that would be rough that would be um that would not be a a, a good look for them but then again, it's Warner Brothers. They don't—they they don't really seem to concern themselves with you know, how they look 90% of the time. So,
3: I'm, I'm what are you going to do? I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because I didn't want to cut you off from saying that because I was going to interject and say I don't think they care. What <laughs> I think shown that they're in the money game. Um, they're not in the I want to build a good world for the fans. They're in the we got to make sure it's making us money. Um so I don't really think they care. I think they believe that they have a character in Superman that um and I mean Dane, you've even said this to Batman, that the uh the actors don't supersede the role, the role supersedes the actors. And I really do believe that they think they could get anyone to fill in for Batman, they can get anyone to fill in for Superman. Um,
2: I will say this. That... Where where go do ahead, you I'm think sorry, their care ahead. levels where do you think their care level is, Juwan? Do you think it's as bad as, say, like, Paramount with the Transformer franchise? Like, just fucking give them seizures out there, and as long as they make money, who gives a shit? You know, is it is it to that level, or are they still? It seems like they're trying a little bit, you know? A little bit, but still, a little bit. I think Army Hammer needs to play Batman and Superman, by the way. Just
3: gonna shut up now. <laughs> i just now. I'll say, I'll say, because I was actually, when we were doing Beast Against the Grain last night, I was actually making that exact point that you just said, Dane, um, that I think it's almost somewhat equal, because obviously Paramount cared nothing about the source material, only about the idea of making a lot of money. Um, and then, like, I wouldn't say that a w- about Warner Brothers, but then you hear the stories about Justice League and how they, they wanted it to be exactly two hours, like it was only a money grab, so it's just like you hear certain things and then you're just like, it's almost really bad. Only upside is Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Uh, some people uh, really love Man of Steel. Some people love BVS. So it has its bright spots. So it's not as horrible. Um, but Paramount also people really love Transformers 1 and 2. So like I said, it's, it's weird, but they are similar. I do get the comparison you're making there. They are super similar. Um, but yeah, it's 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 super unfortunate, because it's just like, I feel like they wanted to get rid of everybody and just completely start over, which would have been a huge mistake. Um, But, Joelle, I want to go to you. I kind of want to get away from the obvious dumb question, which is the uh, WB wanting to make good Superman and Batman movies, so I'll stick on this for you, Joelle. Um, Knowing the success of Wonder Woman and Aquaman, and the uncertainty of Slash, even though Ezra Miller's talking, like, every five minutes about it, uh, Green Lantern and Superman, um, would you have tore everything down and completely started over? Um, Or would you have continued on the path that they are on now, which is giving us every movie but Superman, (laughs) Green Lantern, and Flash, um, and just hoping that these movies, whether it's here or there on a continuous streak, are as successful as
1: Wonder Woman and Aquaman were? Well I have the exact quote what he was the what he was asked and what his exact quote was if you guys wanted to hear that um, cuz this whole thing about Batman and Superman and being uh good movies bad movies I mean no one goes out with the idea of trying to make a bad movie I think it's ridiculous right. um but the problem is, is people interfere and don't care how good it is based on how much it is money they're spending or time constraints and shit like that. And I think that's where really where shit gets fucked up. I think Justice League just turned into a bonfire because of the reactions to BDS. And then of course, suicide squad and everybody was scrambling to just try to fix something. And they were literally filming Justice League as, uh, all that shit was going down. So I think that's what really caused the the downfall of Justice League at the end of the day. It was just a mess. Uh, you know, I didn't hate that movie. It's just, but at the end of the day, you know, it was definitely a Frankenstein's monster of a movie. Um, and uh, let, me, let me get to that quote. Uh, it, they asked him what finally clicked, like what changed the, 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 the mindset. They said, what Patty Jenkins did on Wonder Woman illustrated to us what you could do with these characters who are not Batman and Superman. Obviously, we want to get those two in the right place, and we want strong movies around Batman and Superman, but Aquaman is a perfect example of what we can do. They're each unique and tones different in each movie. So that, that was his quote about Batman and Superman than when he was asked. That was legit what he said. Um, and that's, you know, a politically correct answer. He wants to build the, the universe and not and have everything less uh, obviously connected, have them stand on their own. Unfortunately, it uh, just looks like the whole thing with Superman, uh, who seems to be like the outlier now because Batman's obviously going to get done. We have, we've got a lot more movement on it. And uh, the, the one that kind of feels like it's stuck in limbo right now is Superman. And everyone wants... Superman, because basically he started, and we have an actor that wants to be Superman. Um, And the frustrating part, we don't know the behind the scenes. We've heard a lot of different things, but we don't know for sure. We have no idea. Like last year before this whole hoopla about him actually uh, coming back as Superman, there was word that he wanted they were going to try to make him the forefront, where he was going to be like the Nick Fury of the DC Universe, where you'll see him more often in little parts, and of course, until he gets his own movie. And then that changed. At one point, we don't know what happened, but maybe negotiations itself through and this is where we got. And then that whole hoopla with him, oh, he's not going to come back type of bullshit, which I hope that's not the case. Hopefully he does, but I mean, shit doesn't seem likely, but you never know. Um, But I do, I do think going forward that to, to, to focus on different characters and, of course, let them stand on their own is the smart thing to do. I think we all agree that for the DC universe going forward, just let the movies breathe and do their own thing. And in the future, we can possibly have a Justice League in the future again. I would love to see that. I want to see Justice League done right at the end of the day. I love the Justice League. Nothing, There's no superhero team I love more than the Justice League. And, as much as, and I would love to see them back again done right and with hair and, and, and let, it, let it breathe. But Superman has to be a part of that. You can't not have Superman a part of that. So at some point, they're going to have to figure something out with Superman and hopefully we hear something soon rather than later, so we don't have to sit here and speculate every fucking week about what's going to happen about Superman and the
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that bothers me um, about this world that they have so far is not necessarily the, the other characters that they're talking about building movies for. I think what bothers me the most is if I had the original Justice League have each have their own movie, um, or at least an appearance of some sort, like uh, Green Lantern, Flash, um, I'd be fine with you wanting to do Blue Beetle, you wanting to do Birds of Prey, you wanting to do all these, these other characters that might not ever really see the light of day. Um, I'm fine with that. But when you have no movement on Green Lantern, Flash is constantly pushed back. Um, Superman seems like it's not even really being uh, remotely thought about. Um, it's bothersome. It, it, it really is. And we've at least seen Flash, and we've seen a lot of Superman. Make Green Lantern. Like, I, I want you to make a Green Lantern movie solely so people forget that the other one even happened. Um, I, I just, it's that character deserves some love. And I think a lot of people are looking forward to that more so than really anything else is a good Green Lantern movie. Um, so it's just, it, come on now, guys. Like, <laughs> come on, come on. Let's, 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 let's get this let's get this ball, uh, rolling. But, um, Let's move on. I want to talk a little bit about Marvel uh, before we run out of time here. Apparently, uh, this Fox Disney deal is looking like it could be done by the end of March, which is good. So finally, it's done. We don't have to think about it anymore. All the characters will be home. Um, My question in this, I want to to say is, because I've asked, what do we think will be the first thing to be brought up from this, this merger? So I want to kind of curve it a little bit. I I want to curve it in the sense of, okay, so apparently Kevin Feige was also saying they're going to do a slate where they're going to have about five to six years they're going to explore or they're going to give uh, dates to. Um, In the the idea that we get uh, the idea of them wanting to do three to four movies a year, pretty much is what they're doing now. Like this year, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, Endgame. Um, could you, is there a possibility Fox characters could take up two movies in the course of a year, like an X-Men movie and a Fantastic Four movie? Or do you think that it's something that they're going to space out? So like Fantastic Four has its year, X-Men has its year, or we've heard rumors of X-Men going to the Disney Plus uh, streaming service. Um, Dan, I want to start with I wanna you. want to be all of them. Right. It wouldn't be all of them. Right. I, I'm glad you said it. It wouldn't be all of them, but some characters of the X-Men um, or just from the X-Men universe.
4: Um, that wasn't
3: really clarified. Um, would you be okay, Dan, if they took either Fantastic Four or X-Men and introduced them through the streaming service rather than immediately introducing them
2: uh, on the big screen? Um Fantastic 4? No, not so much. I think they can actually make an amazing sci-fi based Fantastic 4 film, introduce Doctor Doom through first maybe a Black Panther film, solo film, also then incorporate him into this, you know, television show if they wanted to go down that route. X-Men, unless you're doing like an X-Force or or X-Factor or something like that, uh, Gen X. Um Yeah, you could probably put it on that or, you know, but I I, I feel like you need to put those movies, uh, especially since they've had this longevity within, you know, film and Fox. uh, I would definitely take the main core X-Men and put them on, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the normal movies within the MCU. Then again... If you wanted to do, like, a Children of the Atom series where it incorporated a young Professor X with the main X-Men and have it, like, set in the past, kind of filling the dots of how mutants kind of, like, came into the MCU, mm-hmm. I could see that. That Disney on a Disney uh, Plus app, that would be kind of cool. But mm-hmm. I want Wolverine. I want all of them. I want them in a movie more so. Fantastic Four, I'd like them in a film but I could see that happening a hell of a lot more so than a popular franchise like the X-Men with characters that are as rich as Wolverine, Magneto, and uh, Jean Grey, or Storm.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to take an X-Men-based based property, um, I would like to see maybe uh, the history of, of mutants uh, through a TV show, um, like how mutants came to be. I mean, because think about it. Whenever they do introduce them, Jalow is bringing up the idea of the Eternals could be a way to introduce the idea of mutants. Um, but you're going to have to explain it. And then you're going to have to loop in that uh, Wanda got her powers from being a mutant, not from someone taking her in a lab and creating her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like you have a task in front of you if you're Kevin Feige. And I believe, not with the, the main X-Men team, Dane, not with the main X-Men team, but I do believe That it'd be an easier story to create for a television, uh, well, not television, but through a series rather than trying to fit it all in one movie. It would just explain a lot more, um, and you could dig deeper in it. But if the Eternals is going, now that I'm now that I'm nerding
2: now that I'm nerding out about it in my head, like you know, I kind of made this movie (laughs) idea with the Duffer with the Duffer Brothers doing a movie. If Like I said, if you do the kid X-Men like before they're older with Jean Grey, Cyclops, Iceman, Beast, and Angel with Professor X and kind of incorporate and fill in the gaps, but then you do the movies with more the uncanny X-Men, if you will, when they're in their 30s and just have it as a past type of thing and get a whatever director, I think that would actually be pretty fucking cool. So, yeah, Disney, do that.
3: Yeah, and I mean you could because like Fy- be cool. already said – all the shows uh, Marvel-related are uh, connected to the past, present, and future of the actual MCU. Um, So it's not like you can't say this was them when they were young, this is them now in present day. Um, You could completely do that. And you could spend that movie with Xavier explaining why they they, uh, held themselves from the world, stuff like that. Stuff you don't necessarily want drawn out through the course of a movie. Um, but through the course of the series, it would be a lot more acceptable. Um, and the Duffer Brothers doing it would be freaking amazing. Um, but, uh, Nick, I'll go to you. Uh, would, would that be something that would be acceptable to you of maybe growing stories uh, for these characters through the Disney app and then bringing them into the movie world? Or do you want to see them directly? Like, once you can get them and start production, Make these characters into movie form. Don't waste time on on a show. I,
0: no, I mean I really like that idea. I'm glad that Dane brought it up because I kind of have the same type of idea with the fact that they're doing, um, you know, uh, uh, this this you know Loki uh, kind of mini series, and then and then doing um, you know the Vision and Scarlet Witch one. Um, like, no, I mean, I think it would be super cool to see, um, the, like, the, sort of the history of, of Charles and Magneto in that kind of format, them as young characters. Um, so, like, in, in the distant past, uh, and then you get the, the older versions of them. Um, and, I, and so I would have it be kind of more like that, um, which I guess is maybe a little different than Dane's final conclusion. Um, but like as far as for the movies, I would still have like the young um, X Men team and evolve them um, to you know kind of grow alongside Spider Man um, to be you know kind of your your third tier of of age range uh, for the future. So I mean you you have your OG characters. Um, that have been around since phase one. Then you have these kind of newer characters that are involved in phase two. And then you have the really young character, um, you know, uh, coming out, uh, in like phase four, um, that, that coincide with Spider-Man who, who got his start of course in, in civil war. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that would be a good way to just a good model to use to just keep this fucking machine going forward. Um, as far as, uh, I, you know, specific ideas. I still really like the idea of introducing um future X Men characters in um, other MCU properties. Um like yeah, you know, I mean, I know I've said this before, but just like for a recap for listeners who maybe haven't heard, uh have Storm in, in like a Black Panther movie, uh Rogue in a Captain Marvel movie, um would, you know, make so much sense. Um, I still think like uh you know, a gambit uh with um in, in like an Ant-Man movie although that that one might be a little more difficult um but i could see um a, a lot of various x-men uh more side characters and side stories uh that that would be great for the streaming service fantastic four i am like dane i do like his idea um uh, as far as you know it it could be really cool um to have almost like a star trekian type show with the fantastic four um, and, and, and I do think a show would lend itself better to that, um, that sort of format. Um, but I, I think those are too those are big characters for you to put on. I, I know they haven't had success in the past, but there is, a, a, I think, a pathway to success, and those characters are so fucking huge in the war of comics. I think they've got to be in movies. So did the core X-Men. But like, how cool would it be to have a Thieves Guild show? Like where Gambit's your main character. Um, like that would be super fucking cool. That'd be a great way to introduce Gambit. Um so I think there's enough things out there, um, that, that you know they could they could certainly do and set up. Um, Joel, I know you're on board with me on this. Fucking Alpha Flight, I wanna see that show
4: oh, yeah. that
0: that like that would be a great fucking Disney plus show. Um, and you could get like some some Wolverine cameos in there, um, like that would be super dope. Um, so like yeah, I mean there's a lot of um, kind of side stuff that they can do um, that I think would be cool. But I think the core X Men, the core Fantastic Four, you gotta you gotta have those on the silver screen.
3: Fair enough. I will say that the the one thing that bothers me the most about uh, the MCU not being able to have these Fox characters earlier. Is that um, the whole uh, registration thing uh, that Cap and Stark were fighting over would have been yeah. a beautiful introduction to the mutant world because you would have had yeah. these kids who are just now finding out about their powers that now have to become registered and they're like I don't I don't want to be registered like, I don't well, even want these powers. Um, go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: I think you can still do that. I mean, I, I you wouldn't want to like you wouldn't want to like have it be too close to home, like be like rehash that story too much, um, but I think you still could, like it could be like an amendment in the Sokovia Accords and at least play a factor in one of the X-Men movies. I wouldn't necessarily have it play a factor in, in one of the, the bigger scope things, but um, I, the, I mean, I do think that could work if you want to go that route.
3: The only reason why I say it somewhat couldn't is because after the events of Endgame, you would kind of think the government would go, no, it's probably best that we do have the Avengers, like, come in when they need to come in and, um, yeah. you know, kind of just run themselves. <laughs> they need to. That's, Obviously, that's a good we point. Um, so I kind of think you'd want to stay away from that unless you want to go the route of Civil War and the comics and have an event like that happen um, on U.S. soil rather than overseas that caused a global uh and have it be more of a U.S. issue um, to where, like, maybe kids are involved or something. Something on a massive scale that makes you go, these guys have to be governed. But it's hard because after any game, I think these characters are going to be revered as heroes amongst the world. So it'll be hard for them to then go, all of them are bad. Like we got to get rid of all of them. Cause you've already kind of went through that with the Sokovia Accord. So it's difficult. It's a little difficult to do now, not impossible. So if that's what you're saying, Nick, that it's not impossible, I agree with you, but it's just difficult. Cause like there's too much,
0: uh, ground that's already been laid with that same story. So I don't sure. know. Sure. Well, um, and why you would know. you want to rehash an old story when there's just so many that you haven't even touched yet? So,
3: right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I will say, though, if you do do an X-Men versus uh, Avengers, you could have the X-Men be a group of uh, heroes that want to remain ungoverned in the sense of they literally, they don't even answer the Avengers. Like, the Avengers are like, hold on, like, you know, introduce yourself. Like, who are you? And they're like, no, 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 screw you. Like, we do what we want. And then that's what uh, the rift between the two of those teams are, um, is that they feel as though... That uh, they don't answer to anyone, and that's the problem. <laughs> you at least have to answer yeah. to the Avengers. Um, so that'd be a really interesting story to to go with. But Joel, um, what are your thoughts, man? Like, should should some of the the groundwork be laid through the the Disney streaming service that we know connects to the MCU, or should these characters go right to the big screen?
1: Well, the main one should definitely go right to the big screen. I mean, I think Marvel Studios has a uh has a, a agenda. I think they want to prove a point and say, well, we can make the Fantastic Four. I don't know about you guys. You guys tried, but we can. And I think it's just a point they're gonna have, they want to make, and they'll definitely go out there and make their Fantastic Four movie. The X-Men movie, uh, X-Men is different. I think it's a great platform for them to expand upon, because I think the Disney Plus gives them an opportunity to to use characters or, or explain things that you, mo- you probably won't have enough time to explain in the movies. So you have... a. Uh, like, for instance, um, like what Dane was saying I think was a perfect example. Like you have the original, let's say the first class, the original first class. You, you, you probably don't have time to explain it in the whole movie, but if you want to do a little series about it, you have it on Disney+. Plus. You can have a mini series. damn. There's your origin without giving you the, the whole origin in the movie and gives you a chance to just get right to the point. Because the extra necessities, mut- mutants in general are just very big. Introducing mutants into the whole universe is going to be a very – difficult thing to do, but I, I do trust they're going to gonna do it, and I think through Disney Plus, they're going to help explain that story in, in parts. It probably won't be all at once. I think it's going to be this giant... This whole thing's going to be completely intertwined at the end of the day, and I can't wait to see how they do it, but I think the major ones, uh, major X-Men characters will be in the movies, major Fantastic Four characters will be in the movies, and and possibly transfer over back and forth between Disney Plus and the movies, but I think the big guns will eventually, of course, be, you know, MCU movies. Will they be all in the same year? Uh, I think the most they can probably go is four. I don't. I would not expect them to go more than four, uh, unless, of course, it's an offshoot, like, studio. But if it's all MCU-related, I think four are probably max, uh, so I don't step on my own toes.
3: Yeah, and what's interesting is uh, they don't really like to spread it out that much. Like, they like it somewhat together, saying the best market, um, for them is <clears throat> right before some, uh right before summer and then summer. I've never really seen an MCU movie go September, October, November, December. Um so if they do try to branch out to more than four uh, uh Thor,
0: was- three. Thor
3: three. Thor Oh, mm-hmm. Thor Three was in November. It was in November. I- was that the only one though? Uh,
0: no. the- I'm not at uh Doctor Strange was <laughs> in October, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh, what? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was the same week my baby was born. I remember because you know I didn't get to there the theaters theater until a week later. Yeah. Oh. There, okay. you <laughs> there you go.
0: There you go. I was wrong. Um. Okay. Yeah. They they just it, usually it, steer clear of the December release because Star Wars has been so prominent there.
3: Right. Which would be interesting. Like I would love to see them like go balls balls to the wall and put out like an Avengers movie the same month as. <laughs> as uh, as a Star Wars movie,
1: oh um, god, dude, why would you Disney. do that? <laughs> both that would Disney, definitely so be so stepping on their own toes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No What
3: would be funny? What would be funny is Disney watching itself compete against itself, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with Star be Wars funny. Side. I mean,
0: for some hey, at side, <laughs> some point they're gonna have to. As many fucking properties uh, as they have, they yeah. gotta be real right. fucking. Like and here's the bigger thing with this merger is they have to be really careful because obviously they have all their Pixar movies and everything else like you you they gotta be really careful as far as like lining up their release dates so that they don't compete with themselves um I think Disney can pull it off, but I, like you know i mean it's gonna be it'll be tricky um as far as you know their ability to to navigate those waters um but hey. Uh, real quick to answer your first question, Jordan. I think you you probably ideally want to have. Let's say you release an X Men movie every two years, um, ish, two and a half maybe, um, and then you do a Fantastic Four movie um, around the same time. I, I feel like you would want to have those opposite. Um, maybe you release X Men movies quicker than Fantastic Four movies. I'm not sure how you would you know necessarily want to do that I feel like that would make more sense if one was going to be um, like you know if, if you were going to get more of one it would be X-Men um, but I, I, I don't think you would necessarily want to have those movies drop in the same year I think you would want to have those alternate right
3: fair enough uh, <clears throat> excuse me all right let's move on to a topic that I I, I can't stop laughing about because it's
1: just ridiculous
3: <laughs> um, let's, let's talk about Captain Marvel in the entire <laughs> Rotten Tomato uh, debacle, uh, Joel, I, so. I kind of touched on this in the pre-show w- with the guys, but uh, I'm pretty sure you know the exact story of, of exactly what what went on. So, kind of walk us through this debacle uh, and this conspiracy theory that DC fans are throwing out, and then just kind of give me your take on on whether it matters or, or if it's just something that's just like a whatever.
1: Well, it's not whatever. I think it's it's absolutely ridiculous what's been going on with that. Um, they actually had to make it a Dustin rotten They actually had to make a move because of how stupid this thing is getting. Um, apparently a lot of fans, uh, angry people. I'm not gonna call them straight up DC fans, but I'm gonna call them actually uh, ridiculous haters of I'm not sure what. Um, and they've been leaving uh, negative comments about a movie they haven't seen yet. Um, so. It's just, and it's bringing their uh, wants to see uh, ranking down all, like, like it was, like, in the 50s and shit. And um, it just made it made it look bad when it really, there was no need to look bad when they have not even come out yet. It's different when the movie was already out. It's not like the, it wasn't a Rotten Tomato meter. It wasn't like the, the Rotten, like, it was yeah. rotten on Rotten Tomatoes and the critics were hating it. It was, like, the people. It was getting unnecessarily attacked by these uh these guys, uh, mostly men, uh, uh, um, and some of them are DC fans that are sticking up for Shazam. Some of them are just uh, hating on uh, Brie Larson because of a comment she made about d- diversifying her uh, press uh, line that is mostly white guys. So a lot of them got offended that you know that she wanted less white guys, I guess, or she wanted more diversity in that press room. Um, and that offended them, and so they made it out and said, oh, no, she's this and that, and they made it, they made it a sexist thing, and then they made it a race thing, and they made it a DC... And there definitely are the DC Marvel thing, which is beyond ridiculous, and, yeah, so they went at it on the Rotten Tomatoes and tried to make the movie look bad, and, yeah, they cut those comments down until after the movie comes out, and that's really what's been going on.
3: Yeah, I mean, the the, the biggest thing that I think she said, we don't really need to get into it, but I think she said that... the world into like a tailspin was that um she was speaking on someone was asking her about like um i guess diversity within films and i guess like understanding and she was saying like a wrinkle in time like you know i I don't really want you know a a 40 year old white guy like telling me about that movie like i want a young african-american around like 15 like i want to hear her uh a movie like that which i mean on on the face value of it it's like could have maybe said that a little cleaner Um, But I I somewhat get where she's coming from, but you
1: could have cleaned it up a
3: a lot more. But I get it. I get it. Like, to me, if someone came and said they didn't like um, Boys uh, Boys in the Hood, and then I asked them, like, have you ever lived in the hood? No. I could get how you didn't like that movie. Like, (laughs) I could get how (laughs) you didn't understand it to where it catered to you. Um, So, like I said, on face value, clean it up a little bit. But if that's how you strongly feel and you're willing to take the backlash, She was even saying she doesn't even pay attention to like what anyone on the internet is saying. So if you have the strength to do that, more power to you. But I do get some people in the sense of you could have cleaned it up a little bit, but I do get it. Um, Nick, what what are your thoughts on everything going on with the whole Rotten Tomato fan base, Brie Larson uh, thing that's going on?
0: Well, I think that the important thing to to note here is that the movie is, tracking incredible pre-sales it's between mm-hmm. 100 and 120 million dollar uh projected pre-sale right now um that's really fucking good they <laughs> have higher than wonder woman um you know that's uh you know on par with aquaman um it's it's doing very very well it's it's not quite black panther numbers and it's certainly not infinity war numbers but it's doing very well um, so I don't think that anybody's really worried about this movie um, not doing well in the box office. And you know what? Like, here's the thing. Like, and and I've said this before. Um, the most outspoken people, especially on social media, are usually a minority, and we try to we we, we act like they're some kind of majority, um, and it's just not the case. Um, they're, like, they're usually not. And and the pre sales of this movie kind of. Um, would lead you to believe that they're not. Um, but, you know, we still have to talk about it because it is a thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's stupid. The the whole Marvel DC element is stupid. Um, yeah. the, the whole, like, white males thinking they're somehow, yeah. like, treated unfairly yeah. is stupid. Right. Um, like, it, it, and all of that, to me, <laughs> is just stupid. So like that's what that's what I chalk this up to in general is just it's all fucking stupid like you yeah. know and and not to get too political for the sake of like dane not getting mad at me more so than anything um, but <laughs> uh I will say this like for for like people who you know are the type of people who say uh like you know white men have it like so bad as far as like social media and everything are also the same people to say like um everybody should stop trying to play the victim. It's like well if if you don't want people to play a victim then don't fucking play a victim. Like, it's just plain and simple, bro. Um, so yeah, um but yeah, I mean I think it's just it, it's all stupid and this movie's probably going to be really good because Marvel has a track record uh for making good movies. Um and you know, it's gonna do well at the box office because Marvel has a good track record of doing well at the box office. So it's it's really a non story.
3: Very true. Dane, I will go to you, my brother. Uh what are your thoughts on this whole circus around this movie? Excuse me. And what <laughs> I was saying about the oh, go ahead.
1: <laughs>
2: wow. it's, it's it's a lovely, lovely thing. It's uh it's fun to see just Oh, my God, just how pissy and and sad people are and how a large chunk of them have to just be so just angry. And I don't know. I I feel like there's things that people can do out there. And and, and I I agree, you know, Nick, usually I say, like, let's not bring up political-based stuff, but I I agree with you with everything. I mean, who gives a shit if she made a comment about diversifying the press, uh, you know? Right. I, I, I get it. I get it. You know, hey, it doesn't help probably situations at all. Like, you know, us distancing our, uh, ourselves just as individuals and not trying to figure out that that's what we are. But at the same time, she made a comment. She knew that there was probably going to be a backlash and she didn't give a shit. And I actually appreciate people that do that, that have the balls to like step up when it comes to that, because it, there is going to be backlash. And I'm glad Zach Levi, because it's become Captain Marvel versus Captain Marvel, Stupid as shit. Yes. I'm just, I can't. When I was younger and I was in high school, when I got to talk about that type of concept, it was so much fun. And you were talking about two comic characters that have Captain Marvel squaring and stuff like that. And now it's a thing between two groups. One that's basically like the emo, angsty, like babies, basically. And there's are the pissy ones that were, you know, just, just, just angsty. And the other ones are kind of like bullyish, preppy, almost with the Marvel fans. I mean, these. The people that try to talk on behalf of the majority for any group are assholes usually, usually mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
2: try to be about it. And it, it gets me all the time. It bothers the shit out of me. But at the end of the day, you got to get past that. And if these people want to be outraged because that's the fucking culture we're a part of now, let them be outraged because they're probably the most ignorant when it comes to it within any situation like this. So I don't,
4: Mm-hmm. I don't know,
2: the movie, like, I was going to say everything that Nick said about what it was tracking for, it's supposed to make just as much money as Civil War did in China when it opens up, so I think it will be fucking fine, and I'm looking forward to seeing it.
0: Hell yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, it's unfortunate, and this is why we say, you know, uh, on the side of Warner Brothers, we really hate when contract negotiations or people wanting to leave come out so close to release dates, because it's just like you don't want that media circus. It, it, it's unnecessary because it has nothing to do with the the movie that's about to legit come out. Um, so, like, you don't want any of that controversy or any bad press or anything like that. Like, sure, some people might come out that got press screenings and say they didn't like it. Cool. Okay, maybe it just wasn't for you. But just the amount of negativity that has been swirled around this Captain Marvel movie is just honestly, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, And like you said, Dane, I respect Brie Larson for being able to say, this is how I feel, and I don't really keep up with social media anyway, so say what you want. Like, the guy was asking her, like, did you hear what what people are saying? She was like, no. Like, I I haven't heard anything. What do they say? Uh, Like, again, it could be a ruse. She could be reading social media. It's the equivalent to uh, Nick and Joel. We see it in the NBA all the time. I don't really keep (laughs) up with what you guys say. But then, like, tomorrow they'll go, I'm sick of you guys asking me about this and talking about this. Like, I thought you said you didn't <laughs> yeah. like, keep up with it. Like, yeah. we, just, we don't have many people uh, that are brave enough ahead of their huge movie that are headlining it, brave enough to say whatever they feel um, leading into it, not really caring what any the possible consequences could be.
0: Um,
3: and that's a quality that you have to, uh, you have to respect. Um, I was so,
0: I was gonna say I think I think yeah, I was just thinking in my head I think she's Brie Larson's like the antithesis of Kevin Durant. <laughs> like she- yes, yeah, I would say yeah. yes, <laughs> yes. <Yeah.
3: laughs> she is. I
0: mean, no, problem. Um,
1: she's all good. <laughs>
3: she just I just say what I want to say. I don't care. Um, yeah. All right, uh, we all agree that the hate for everything comic book movie wise. Uh, dividing side. I really would like for Marvel and DC fans to realize, like you're becoming almost, even though it's just purely over the internet, becoming almost as bad as East Coast West Coast beef, like that. You're becoming that yeah. in the sense of <laughs> it's it like it is. It is like okay to have two really good rappers, like it's really okay. And the thing that didn't make the most sense was Tupac. I believe w- w- it wasn't even from the West Coast, so it was like no, it was he no. the West no, it's Coast. Not. So it was just like right. your beef made no sense. Like
2: it made yeah. none whatsoever. I, so, I, I want to take two minutes for just, just guys if you're listening out there and you just feel a little bit angry and a little bit of – if if what we're saying is, is, is going the opposite way, just just breathe calmly and just, <laughs> just realize to yourself just one thing. There's a lot of the fucking people out there, you know. It's okay. Let them fucking have some goddamn fun too, all right? I know I'm talking to a lot of insecure white dudes. Okay, I, I am too. You know, shit happens. All right, just fucking breathe and you'll be all right. <laughs> Breathing's <since> cool.
3: <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. Let's let's get into our last topic. I wanna to keep this one somewhat quick, so I'm gonna two two side this. Uh according to Collider, Oscar winner Remy Malik, I could be saying his name wrong. Nick usually always lets me know. Um, Remy Malik Not
1: bad.
3: is in talks. The talks could have been finalized by now, obviously from when the report first came out. But is in talks to join Bond twenty five as the main villain and also Lapita Nunguo is eyed to play yeah, a I'm Bond good. girl. Okay. Jeez. All right. All right. I thought you nailed it. Man, Lupita, I'm scared. Um, he's <laughs> being eyed to play uh, a Bond girl. Uh, which casting stands out to you or excites you more? I'll ask, and I'll start with you, Dane.
2: I mean, honestly, both. I, Remy's coming off with an Oscar win uh, from playing Freddie Mercury. Uh, I think that's awesome that he, he be playing the villain, you know, or he's playing the main villain, I should say. I think that he could really sink his teeth into him. I don't know if Mister, uh, yeah, Mister Robot. Which I think, if I had that perspective in mind, I would also be able to see him more as a villain, I guess. That's more close to at least Mm -hmm. the James Bond material. But Lupita, I mean, she's amazing. Whatever you put her in, she's going to be great. She's gorgeous. So, yeah, her being the Bond girl this time around, I think, is a really, really cool choice. And she is an excellent actress. So, she's not going to suck. She'll bring her A game. They both will.
3: Absolutely. And I like the idea of Remy playing uh, a more, maybe, maybe, again, I, I don't know this, but more of a, a psychological villain um, in the sense of uh, he's just setting events up. Um, kind of like what Christoph Waltz was to a degree um, in, in his role in that James Bond movie. I kind of like that idea. I kind of like the, the Batman aspect. I like when you make Batman or James Bond have to think, and it's not just all right, he's just going to punch like 30 people in the face and then we're going to, we're going to roll in credits. Like, no, I want it to be something that kind of makes him think more than just throw his fist. Um, but Nick, uh, what are your thoughts on, on the two castings? Which one do you enjoy? Uh, are you excited for more?
0: Yeah, I'm like Dana, I love both of them, but I'm definitely more excited for, for Remy Malik. I think that I, it's been a long time, uh, since I've like really loved a Bond villain. Um, like, honestly, like, even Javier Bardem, he gets a lot of praise. He just didn't his, – his character just didn't quite do it for me. I, I love the movie. I just – I wasn't mesmerized by his, uh, his his character in that. And I love Javier Bardem, and I love Bond movies. So you would have thought that it would have been perfect, but it, it just didn't quite, um, you know, hit on all the cylinders for me. It's probably been, honestly, since Sean Benz, um Alec Trevelyan 006 um, that I, I was really – like captured with a with a villain and his motives and everything else, um, uh, and and honestly, I think part of what Javier Bardem's thing was was like he was kind of in a way like a rehash of Double O Six. Um, yeah, yeah, at least it, it, there was some similar elements going on there, um, and it just didn't quite hit. But I love the notion of him playing the Bond villain, I think it will be super cool. And I'm with you, Juwan. I hope it's a very psychological um, take on a villain um, because those traditionally are the best villains. Um, You know, I mean, uh, obviously, Ernst Stavro Blofeld is the most iconic um, villain. And, you know, I don't think Christoph Waltz necessarily um, nailed that one. Um, But the movie just wasn't that good. Uh but like I, I think he could bring like a, a, a very interesting element uh to a to a blind villain. Um so yeah, I'm really excited for that.
3: Yeah, I, I personally uh was blown – I mean not say blown away. I really enjoyed Mad Mikkels, uh Mad Mickelson. Yes.
4: Why I didn't such a yes.
3: to me. Um I enjoyed it a lot and I will say, as far as torture goes, that ball whipping scene was like the most devastating oh, form of torture. Fuck. I've ever seen in
1: my
3: that's life. Uh, yeah, and that, really, and that, like,
0: farewell fight scene was really hell fucking yeah. Yeah, that well done. Yeah, like, definitely yeah so that, that's definitely, that's definitely, like, the best, uh, at least to me, like, just from front to back, like, the best Bond movie uh, that yeah. uh, Daniel Craig has done. I love Skyfall, but Casino Royale, man, like, that fucking shit's so good. Casino
3: Royale yeah. was a beauty. That movie was a beauty. Yeah. Um, but, Joel, I'll pass it over to you. What are your thoughts on the two casting, and who are you more excited about?
1: Uh, I'm excited for both. Uh, I, I really can't wait to see. I, I hope it becomes official. I'd love to see both in the movie in some capacity. Uh, Ryan Malik is a man on the rise, man. I, I have watched uh, Mr. Robot. And he's really good in that. He's great and fucking. And so, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And I'm not sure what his villain would be like, <laughs> but... Uh, he can pull it off. The guy has a creepy look to his face. So as yeah. long as the creepy look is there, <laughs> he can definitely pull it off. Yeah, no, look like, how he like a motherfucker. y'all. Like, yeah, he, he looks at me like weird. I'm like, oh, I'm a little creeped out. I'm not gonna lie, he scares me a little bit. Um, but I'm not sure what his villain is, or like if it is psychological, cool, he'll pull it off. I have no, I have no worries if Rami gets it. You know. Um, I just wanted to be good, because, you know, um, the last one... I enjoyed the last one. I didn't hate it My least favorite one of the games of Craig James Bond movies was probably Quantum of Solace. Uh, probably because it was boring more than anything.
0: Mm-hmm. But, um, Spectre, but... Spe- I like Spectre. I don't know. I didn't bother me. Yeah, much. I didn't Quantum really like Sol- so, I, I, liked, I actually I think Quantum Spectre. of Solace um, is underrated, but that'll be a debate for yeah. another time. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah that'll be I've got a, a debate
1: for another time. Right. Uh, but I, I really...
0: Really, just want this one
1: because if you if you say you consider Spectre not as a good one, uh, then that means you are due for a good one. So, good, bad, good, bad. So, they're due for a good movie. So, this one should be that one.
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, I want to do a yay or nay on this on this other topic because we have a little bit of time. Just a yay or nay from everyone. Um, Jordan Peele's Candyman cast, Aquaman villain, Ya-Ya Yay! Duel, Mateen the second. Um, all right, Jesus, okay. Uh Dame, yeah or nay. <laughs> nay. All right, Nick, yeah or nay.
0: Nay. I, I, I didn't really like his performance in Aquaman. But I it, you know, it's a trepidatious nay. Like I think he could be okay.
3: Okay. Fair enough. Um, and Joel, you've made your your view very clear. <laughs> um, <laughs> I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot more knowing that we've met Tony Todd, um, and he's as creepy uh, in a good way as you would imagine. You um, is he Rumi Malik? Off? creepy?
1: <laughs> no, not that creepy.
3: I've never
0: heard someone say someone had a creepy face, face. A creepy face I, but okay. I was, no, was going to say Malik is like is like the pretty – Pretty boy, non-white version of Steve Buscemi, like something about him, like <laughs> yeah. that face, and you're
2: like, no, yeah, pretty, right. <laughs> on, I man. can definitely, he look definitely see that. that. He looks so, like I, that I can dude definitely from see that. The David Selena Gomez kind of, just kind of weird. The what? The the dude from SNL, that David Selena Gomez. I forgot what the fuck his name is. I don't oh, know. Oh, I know what talking about. Uh, he like uh, that. Ah, yeah.
1: oh, fuck. He does. He looks like he has like like
2: no whatsoever. He's a mix of everything all together in one. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so like Shane, what the fuck? Good way to end so the show. Jane, well, he's I- I'll like say chicken this. sandwich.
3: I'll say this. Thank you, Joel. We can we can almost guarantee Remy Malick will never be on this show.
1: So thank you for that. Hey, man. I'm, uh, I'm a fan. Of, uh,
3: I'm a big
1: fan of Remy Malik. Big I'm fan. a big
3: fan. You know what? Just don't Joel, look at me, want, me, bro. Don't look at I want me. Hold, I want to hold your feet to the fire. I want, if we get him in an interview, I want you to start it by saying, listen, I am a huge fan of yours. Your face is super creepy, but
1: I am a huge fan. All
3: right, let's get right into the interview.
1: As long as I don't got to make eye contact, I'm good. <laughs> no, you can
3: just tell them the events of Bird Box are happening so you can cover your eyes. There you go. Anyway, I want to anyway, I want to thank the returning Dane. I want to thank Nick, and I want to thank Joelle. Thank you guys for joining uh, another week of Geek Vibes Live. Make sure, audience, you guys stay tuned for Tia's Top 10 of American God Moments from Season 1 for us awaiting Season 2. Also, Full Court Press this week and Rec Alliance. Both shows are going to have so much to talk about. So please do not miss out. And stay tuned because next Friday, me and Mike will be doing uh, Geeks Against the Grain for The Last Jedi. If you guys heard our BVS, no oh last night I was going to get very heated. Um so make sure
0: you guys tune in for that. Oh, yes, gonna gonna be that. Um I might so have to I might have to that. jump in on that one just to make sure like the point is submitted home that it's a it's a fucking good movie. <laughs> Absolutely cuz Mike said he's going to destroy it. Um uh, but thank you.
3: Oh. guys oh. going to oh, be on? You got to put Kanan on out,
1: there, too. I don't think
3: Kanan's going to be on but we'll we'll see. We'll see if he decides to to come on. Um, I will whoop Kanan's ass, Thank, Thank you guys again. And I think the show already ended, but I'm still going to say we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Peace. Peace.
4: Peace.